0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. We have a very, very special guest with us today on Apostolic Theory. I'm very excited. Um, Sister Lori Wagner, she's she's an author, she's a speaker, and she's got a tremendous ministry. Uh, but before we go too much further, I would like her just to introduce herself, to just tell us a little bit about her background and uh, a little bit about herself. So, uh, Sister Wagner, why don't you just introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Sure. Well, thank you. Um, it's a joy to be here with you today, and uh, I've been asked, you know, to tell who I am, a little bit about my history and what's my passion well i am a lady and i am a minister i am a wife and a mother i have a unique history maybe it's not so unique in the world today but i was raised not in the church but in a home uh, where there was uh, an awareness of god um, but there was also a lot of brokenness Hmm. and so there was uh, Divorce and remarriage and divorce and remarriage and divorce and remarriage and uh, moving here and moving there and this is your relative one day and this is not the next and just a lot of um, issues and instability growing up. But when I came into the church as a young adult, I was just thrilled. I was thrilled to finally understand who Jesus is and what he really means. What it really means to have a relationship with him and to have the peace of God abiding with you and and in you and and guiding you. And so I came into the church and I married a wonderful man who who, uh, was excellent. He was just a great guy. Uh, God gave me everything that I ever wanted. We had two children together. And then he, uh, before we were married seven years, he had cancer. And passed away. And so I was like, okay, God, here I am dealing with all this. He gave me everything I ever wanted. And then the rug pulls out and you just have to decide uh, that you really do mean whatever tomorrow holds. I trust the one who holds tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You really do learn. About how solid your faith is, and wow. how wonderful it is to be a member of the
0: body of Christ. Absolutely.
1: When you walk through things like that, and so um, I, I was praying one day, and I asked the Lord, "Well, that chapter in my life is over; it's closed. The page is turned, and there's a, a blank page in front of me. What do you want me?" To write on it well i was just praying figuratively i had no idea that he was really going to have me write anything but the lord impressed me that he wanted me to write and on a specific subject and so i wrote a book um and that probably is my passion people mo- mostly know me for being an author uh, but that almost still seems unreal to me i write uh, but i guess after 25 books i am an author Uh, But that first book, uh, Gates and Fences, it brought me in contact uh, with uh, Gwen Oaks, who we're going to talk about uh, in just a few minutes. But I guess uh, my passion is most of all following Jesus and being all that he's asked me to be. And I want to help others do the very same thing. My passion is to fulfill the Great Commission, and that is more than just praying people through to the Holy Ghost, and I love to do that. There is nothing like it. It's more than baptizing people in Jesus' name, and I love to do that, too. But what is the Great Commission? What is the mission of the church? Mm -hmm. It's both growing and nurturing the church. So I'm an ordained minister with the United Pentecostal Church. I'm a member of the Enrolled Evangelists. I travel and speak all over the world. But if you look at the core of what propels me forward and uh, what I have the greatest heartbeat and passion for that is for discipleship that's for affirming and equipping for educating encouraging I want to see people stretch and grow and thrive in this great adventure that we have this abundant life with Jesus but there's a word that's been coming to me over the last week and that word is very strong Uh, it's just replaying in my mind over and over and that word is legacy Mm. legacy Um, i attended a funeral a few days ago at a huge uh church it was called bethesda christian church and if anybody's a student of history uh, they might have heard about this church established by a lady preacher called ma beale And Ma Bill uh, was a powerful woman of God. She started out very poor. I mean, she started out just uh, doing a little Sunday school for the neighborhood kids and everything on faith, just even everything on faith. And now there's this huge campus where there was incredible uh, supernatural manifestations in that place. And it was said that angels, they could hear angels singing with the choir. And, And I've personally... I personally know and am friends with some people who grew up in that church in its heyday, and they do testify that miracles and the power of God filled the house. But so it, it's changed a lot over the years. And I was there this week, and this massive sanctuary was empty. It was still glorious. It was amazing. Um, the funeral was just in a little chapel room, but when I walked into that massive sanctuary and walk through those halls with banners and crystal chandeliers and stained glass. And I felt the grandeur that had once filled that place Mm. beyond the beauty of the structure and my spirit. I felt a longing like almost, I mean, there was something there that wanted to fill the place. Uh, There was a longing for this power and the presence of God, the supernatural demonstration that had been there in the time that Ma Beale had established that work. And well, she's gone now, but she left something. And it was more than a campus. She left a legacy. And I've been thinking about my legacy. I'm graduating with my master's this year, just in May. I'll finally be finishing that. And I'm still going on, trying to go on and pursue a PhD, but... That's not the legacy I want to leave behind. And I don't really care about building a, a ministry uh, or a beautiful edifice or a campus. I want to see people fulfill their purpose.
0: Wow. I'm,
1: feel, I'm feeling a little passionate about it today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a little emotional about it today because it's something that I consider greatly and often i take time to evaluate regularly am i in line with god's will and purpose in this season in my life and and how i want to enable others i just i just want to see everyone fulfill their purpose because god has created each one of us he planted each one of us and he planted a seed in the soil of our souls these seeds of faith seeds from heaven seeds That God planted in there and he saved us by grace. And we know that it's the gift of God. But the word tells us that we are his workmanship. That we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. What kind of works? That he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should do them. God created you and he created me with a seed of destiny planted deep within us to work in us and to work through us. And if we'll fulfill our destiny, when we do the work of God, his light will shine through us and we will leave behind a legacy that lights the way for others. And it was only uh, a few minutes before our meeting today that the Lord's started putting this theme together, this stream of thoughts. That Bethesda had its mob villain. There is an important role that sometimes we overlook in the apostolic church, and that is the role of mother. And I'm not talking about a biological mother. I'm not talking about bearing physical children, but like an elder in the church. The scripture talks about the elder women, and there is a significant contribution to the New Testament church that the elder women provided and in the old testament even uh, people like deborah i mean she was a judge she was a prophetess she was a national leader but what did she call herself a mother in israel some churches even today have motherboards the official positions and there are women who serve uh, godly women who serve as role models and teachers encouragers and leaders so I was at an interdenominational meeting at a different uh, church a few years ago, and this young black worship leader, he spoke to me more than once. Uh, he just we just connected in the spirit. He was spirit filled, and he he called me mother twice, <laughs> church mother, and you know what? It just felt right because it doesn't matter what position we fulfill if we have an appointment to a committee or to an office, if we have a I want to be a mother in the church. And one important lady who was a mother in the United Pentecostal Church was a fantastic lady named Gwen Oaks. And people all over the world called her Mama O. I don't know if you had the pleasure of knowing her. But Gwen Oaks was raised in a very challenging circumstances. Her mother died in childbirth when she was just three years old. And by the time she was 10, she had lost all five of her brothers to childhood disease and sickness. There was poverty, and there were uh, several big moves to try to make ends meet, and she wasn't raised in church. And when she was 12, a lady who was known to her family moved into the area, and every day, on her way home from school, Gwen passed by this house. And one day, as Gwen walked by, this woman named Maud called out from her doorway. She said, I just baked fresh cookies. Would you come in and have one? And the two got on the subject of baptism. And Maud told Gwen while she ate her milk and drank, ate her cookies and drank her milk, about the apostles' doctrine and the plan of salvation. And Gwen would come by another day and get another cookie. And Maud continued to tell her more and more about the word of God. And Gwen was an avid reader, and so she would reread the verses and study them at home. There was no apostolic church in her community, but at the age of 12, God planted the truth in her heart. And about seven years later, after another move, she had the opportunity to attend an apostolic church. And she was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I think about her, the poor little girl who suffered so much. She endured so much, I don't have time to tell you today, but she became... A licensed minister she and her husband pastored in Arkansas and her path eventually led to UPCI headquarters where she served as ladies ministries president for 22 years and her influence touched the world under her leadership so many new initiatives were launched she ministered in every United States States and 39 countries, and she became a published author, she was a poet, and she was an artist, and she served on boards and launched new ministries, one of which affected me personally when she asked me to write for Ladies Ministries. She asked me to write The Girl in the Dress, and the backstory on that is, I told you I wrote that book, Gates and Fences, while I was at a conference in Indiana, and Gwen Oaks was the speaker, and I had my first book, and it was the only book, and I didn't want to be down where the crafts and things were, and so the, they were very kind to put me next, not only next to PPH with the books, but right next to the conference speaker, Gwen Oaks, and she was just so amazing, tall, and statuesque, and kind, but you could feel the power and presence with her, and she reached out to me, and she she didn't even let me give her a book. She bought my book and took it back to her headquarters. And after she read that, she asked me to, to write for Ladies Ministries. And I wrote The Girl in the Dress, which at the time became the number one bestseller to ever leave out of headquarters. It, it might be surpassed now, but I was told that at the time. And so Gwen Oaks, she saw something in me. And she reached out. She took that light that had been passed to her, and she reached it out to me. She'd been a lost and hurting teen until somebody reached out to her. And it took a lady with a burden who made time and cookies and invested in a little backwoods Arkansas girl. One cookie at a time, one connection at a time. And when her lamp was lit, she served and she's shown and lit lamps for others all over the world. And so we all serve these different roles and purposes. And some of them might be official positions at headquarters or a role in a local church or, or even a, a, a position in a community, a teacher, a, a position of influence. We're all called to different roles and purposes. But God is calling us and telling us, whatever works, I have prepared for you, that seed of destiny and purpose that i put in you, you do that wherever you are. Do what I've put in you. Be kind, be patient, reach out your light, shine your light, be bold. Sister Oaks told a story once, it was one that took place many years ago, and there was this rambunctious little boy. He lived in a quaint little town, but one night his mother noticed He was so quiet. If you have kids and they're rambunctious and all of a sudden they go quiet on you, (laughs) you better be careful. So she was wondering why he was so quiet. He was sitting silently, intently peering out the window into the darkness. She was drawn to his silence and she asked, what are you watching? And he answered, I'm watching that man punch holes in the darkness and the mother looked out the window and she saw an old lamplighter going from post to post and one at a time he was picking up his torch in his hand and he was lighting the town one light at a time and you and I we have a light and we had the opportunity to be lamplighters, a cookie at a time, a Bible study at a time, a drive to a doctor's office, whatever it is, teaching, preaching, ladies ministry, men's ministry, developing an amazing international ministry for the kingdom of God, maybe building a great campus, whatever it is God has called us to do, we've got to do it and I've just decided that as a woman I would rather be known as a mother of the church than a person who preached great messages. To be a person who nurtures other people, who invests in building the kingdom, doing the good works that I've been predestined by God to do, good works that are born out of love and faith. Whatever opportunity we have, we should be lights in the world, and every one of us and leave a legacy a legacy of building others I'm here today talking with you more than likely because Mama O saw something in me and she invested in me you know she called me dear one and I told you a little bit about my background and so I was not raised in a very affectionate home and I don't remember uh, any pet names except my papa called me Oreo (laughs) but um Sister Oaks called me dear one. And I just assumed that she used that for lots of people. And it wasn't until after her passing, I had gone down to Arkansas and been an um, honorary uh, pole bear uh, inmate. I talked to her daughter, and she said, no, she only called you dear one. Okay. And being dear one to her was so special. Even before, but then after her passing, knowing that it was just for me. I'm telling you that one person can make a difference in another person's life. They can impact the kingdom of God. God wants us. No matter how challenging our circumstances are, no matter how difficult our upbringing might be, He wants His people to be like Him. He has a nurturing side, too. And being a mother in the church is, uh, I mean, the church is called the mother. It's not about uh, just male or female roles here. I mean, uh, one of my books is Wisdom is a Lady, and uh, Wisdom is personified as a lady, but the whole church is personified as the bride, and also the church is called the mother. And you and I all have a role to play in nurturing the kingdom of God. And I want to have... a like gift like mama oh had that she would see inside the heart and she these are even her words that i refreshed myself on today she said that she wanted to see the ultimate accomplished for the work of the kingdom of god she was a visionary and a hard worker an and out of the box thinker even though she was a tall woman who was raised to prominence she sometimes felt small and i think that all of us at sometimes feel small. And one of the most important things that God told her, I also reminded myself of today. You don't need to see the future. God will lead the way. God placed that on her heart when she was uh, concerned about the roles, the pivotal roles that she'd been called to play. And she also leaned on a verse that's one very dear to my heart. 1 Thessalonians 5 24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it and she believed there is no ministry no ministry if it's cooking a funeral dinner if it's working in the nursery if it's closing the doors to the church there is no ministry unworthy of a job well done so her legacy was more than fulfilling a role as a dynamic part middle leader or a credentialed minister but she really truly lived as a mother to the church at large and she believed that what we are will live on than someone else, and she encouraged everyone to do more, do more than she did, exceed what she had done, do better than me. And so I just did a presentation last week at Urshian Graduate School of Theology Symposium. I did two presentations, and one was on another woman. Her name was Mariah Woodworth Eder, and I proposed that she deserved the title Mother of the North American Pentecostal movement. I don't have time to uh, go into all of her story today, but I just want you to see this connection of of mothering in, in the church. And the second paper though that I presented was on the apostolic message of Acts 19, 1-20. And it's the story of Paul arriving in Ephesus with the full message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And he had come into a community that had already heard about john's baptism of repentance he had preached about the one coming beforehand they only knew about the baptism of repentance delivered to them by apollos but luke was so very specific in telling us right before uh, paul uh, walked on the scene in ephesus that apollos had just left there and he was in corinth now and what happened to apollos he was taught the way more fully by priscilla and aquila he only knew so much, and he could only share what he knew. And so the full uh, legacy of apostolic doctrine was presented in Ephesus to these people who didn't even know about the Holy Ghost, didn't even know about baptism in Jesus' name. And they received the apostolic message, and we have a legacy. We have got to uh, light this torch. We've got to punch holes in the darkness as we share this apostolic legacy, growing multiplying, nurturing, and bringing to maturity believers all over the world. We have an apostolic doctrine to preserve and a message to maintain and a heritage to transmit, male or female, we have a job to do. And I've been to two funerals in the last two weeks, and we can lay a body to rest, but the legacy continues. And people like Ma Bill and Gwen Oaks and Mariah Woodworth-Edder, they inspire us to do more more than just what was done before, but to blaze new trails and to uh, create and step into new opportunities and help everyone fulfill the Great Commission. It took a lady with a burden and just who would take the time to make cookies and invest in a little local girl, but her investment touched the whole world through Gwen Oaks' ministry and even continued to touch mine and now even touching you through this connection Sister Oak said whatever we do now must count
0: for eternity wow wow when we think about even All of those that have come before, whether they were, you know, our pastors or um, in the church that I grew up in, there were several ladies that took in the young men and they would bring them home in between church services, between morning and night service. And, you know, they would help feed them and and give them that fellowship and, and that connection. And I don't ever want to be guilty at our church of not making the connections. Right. that that create you know the conversations that lead to their ultimate salvation right um, i heard a, a preacher say one time that you can't minister beyond relationship and uh you know and i've also heard that um uh, you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and a lot of that comes from what you're talking about and how you know maybe this overlooked ministry of of mother in the church of that nurturing and that caring and it's great when we have people coming in and getting baptized and getting the Holy Ghost but what concerns me is are we keeping them right and how do we do that
1: well, I think that's part of the mission of the church, and that is to uh, multiply but also to cause growth. And that happens so much through ladies' ministries. It happens to us. I mean, you guys, uh, we're we're the same, but we're different. I mean, we all inside have the same basic needs, but women need a, a connectivity in a different way, uh, that interconnection than men do. We are wired a little different for the most part. Um, so Ladies Ministries has all these ministries from to the single, to the widowed minister's wife, to the uh, the people in the military, the sister's newsletter, to uh, the young girls, today's Christian girl. We have all these ministries that we're trying to build into the church to build that connectivity, provide resources for missionaries out on the field. I think what it all comes down to really is we need to be, present and engaged and connected with the Holy Ghost while we're connecting to people and it's going to look different for each one of us because some of us, um, our greatest uh, evangelistic field is the cubicles next to us in the offices or the students in our classes and to others who write books that might touch lives across the globe or or to have a pulpit ministry or have a home group it's just each of us like i was talking we have that destiny that seed that god planted within us and if we allow him to grow it there's no shame there's no um, It's not, we're not seeking our own. We're seeking to fulfill Mm. what God put in us. And I say, like Sister Oaks, I want to exceed what was done before me. I want to see the kingdom grow. I want to see people equipped and educated and encouraged and affirmed. You can do this. Take that gift that God has given you. God gave me a word in 2018, that dormant seed. And there's dormant seed in every person would be reactivated. And, of course, I thought about the people that had backslidden, but I also thought about the people that were cold in the pews and maybe have become complacent. But even more than that, the person with the most dynamic walk with God, has the seed that God has planted in there, has not done everything that the Holy Ghost can do. Them and so all of us are on this progressive revelation of tra- personal transformation, connecting with different people, different opportunities. Maybe I, you know, I'll teach a class one day or I'll minister in uh, Belize another day. You just don't know what each day. Hold And we can't compare ourselves because God planted in me what he wanted me to do, and he's planted in you what he wants you to do. And he's planted in everyone listening or watching a special gift that's got his fingerprints and Mm. his desire for your life because we can't all be doing the same thing. I teach a a lesson called... um, it's called Persology. <laughs> it's a ladies' conference meeting, and it talks about how God has made each of us different, and some of us are like these organizer bags that have all these slots, and, I mean, you know, there's like a first-aid kit right in there and, and a whole planner, and then somebody else has this hobo bag that you got to have a flashlight to find the stuff that hasn't seen the light of day, and then there's other people that have the, the clutch. You know, they're the power people. they got their whole day in seven inches tucked under their arm, and so God has gifted all of us differently so that we can get the job done because if we were all the, the creative people and we didn't have any administrators or organizers, I mean, we just won't get it done. God created us and gifted us and placed us in the body according to his purpose. And if we will work in agreement with our gifts and our callings and not be threatened or challenged or feel belittled or feel above, Someone else and just do and be what God has placed in our lives. oh, what a healthy beautiful church we could have.
0: Oh I feel the Holy Ghost right now <laughs> I was you know and it's it's so it's so interesting how God works. I was reading something just this morning um, about faith and the the book it's not an apostolic or Pentecostal author, but he was writing about how miles Monroe wrote about the graveyard being the richest place on earth.
1: I've read that recently.
0: Wow. And and because there are these people that have had all of this, and what you're talking about, this this seed of destiny in them, this potential that they never saw come to fruition because they were afraid to step out of their comfort zone, or maybe, you know... And I might put my own spin on it and say maybe it's because nobody watered that seed. Nobody let them know. Nobody cared about the plant. Right. And, right. Hmm.
1: We've got to affirm and equip and encourage one another. And I just believe that the spirit of the living God that lives right inside there with that seed, <laughs> that he wants to... Water it and that he wants to breathe warm air on it. and He wants to shine the light of his presence and awaken and reactivate all the good seed that he planted in our lives. We were created for more. We were created to be people of dignity with purpose. We were created to bring pleasure to God. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Mm he made us just a little lower than the angels and he gave us dominion over all the earth. He has excellent plans for his people. If we could just get our brains in agreement with his word, if we could align our spirits with his intentions for our lives.
0: Wow. I don't know that there's really a whole lot more to say about it. Um, (laughs) it's just, I think that this is going to bless so many people. Um, people that are struggling with finding their purpose in the kingdom of God or in their local church and and finding a way to utilize the gifts God gave them and you know sometimes that's going to be starting what may feel like the bottom you know David no he didn't had no idea that one day he was going to stand before a giant God gave him what he needed to be there to face that giant And it all started because he was willing to be submitted in tending to his father's sheep. And while he was tending to his father's sheep, he fought the bear. And he fought the lion.
1: Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And all of that prepared him. And so even if. Your past hasn't been glorious and tragic, and you don't have a great apostolic heritage. Um, You don't have the the perfect background God was looking to the heart. He wasn't looking Mm -hmm. for the one that was tall of stature, the one that looked mighty and capable. He was looking to the one who was humble and kingdom-minded, the one who delighted in his law and worshipped him with all of his heart, even though he messed up. He's still got it right. You can mess up. We can look at David and learn a lot of examples. We don't have to be perfect to be considered a person after God's own heart. Amen. And I don't want to let the cemetery be the place where I plant my destiny. I want to plant it right here, right now, in the land of the living. (laughs) Amen.
0: Mm, Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. We're investing it right now. We're planting all of who we are right now in the kingdom of God. We're planting it just like that anchor that holds into the veil. We're throwing the seed into that unseen kingdom. And we're believing that God is going to multiply it and use it for his purposes. Amen. For his pleasure.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Oh, this is <sighs> Sister Wagner. This has been tremendous. <clears throat> where I'm so thankful for your for your time. Um, maybe not an exhaustive list, but maybe just let our listeners know where they could find out any of your material, whether it's a blog, whether it's a, a, a la- lesson, a class. Um, just just let them know where they can they can follow you and find you. Sure.
1: Well, I would say if you go to Affirming Faith, you might have heard that word affirming in my message. In 2006, I created an organization to house my ministry uh, activities. It's called Affirming Faith. It's .org and it is a nonprofit. And if you go there, you'll see links to everything from the Preach Like a Lady online training center to 25 different books that are available, audio ebook and printed uh, links to the different places where you can get those uh, information about the ministry. Uh, I have a tribute page to Willie Johnson, who is another incredible lady minister and including uh, music and preaching from her. There is uh, a video reel where you can find different messages that I've preached and taught and prayers and different things. Uh, even uh, missions activities, Uh, you can find links, um, I believe, there to um, the social media. I'm mostly on uh, Facebook and Twitter. I do have an Instagram. I need to beef that up a little bit. Uh, But if you go to affirmingfaith.org, you will find connectivity to every resource that I have going.
0: Tremendous. There you have it, folks. the seed of destiny and the power of mama
1: <laughs>
0: we've got we've got we've got so much potential and yeah. uh, god sees it in you and in me and we've just got to be willing to not only access that potential for ourselves but help others along the way
1: amen and the word says it's the seed of what faith faith yeah, faith He is. He is. He is. That's our faith in what is a bit of heaven of what really is in the supernatural realm of who he is, was planted a seed of faith in that reality in you and me. And if we can agree, if we can accept that, if we can walk in it, it's just going to grow and grow from where? From faith to faith. Amen. From glory to glory.
0: Amen. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you, who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.